Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. And in just a few moments, our lead pastor, Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, we hope that these few minutes will help you to stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus and also to encourage you to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Welcome to the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. Uh, We appreciate you coming and joining us this week. Uh, We are going to be looking today at the Holy Spirit. And as we do, any feedback that you have, you can contact us and let us know. Also, do tell your friends about the podcast, get them subscribed, and you need to get subscribed as well, even if it takes you sitting down and helping somebody subscribe to it. Uh, But Connecting Faith to Life, we're going to deal with practical things and some theological things. We're going to have guests people in. We're just excited about what God is doing on the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, and uh, it just feels like to me that there is a lack of knowledge of what the Spirit does, why He does it, how He cooperates with His people, and how we are to cooperate with Him, and even this word filling and other things. And um, I think a lot of it has to do, Pastor Tommy, with people not understanding who the Spirit is. So uh, maybe we don't talk enough about Him, but uh, really there is, I think, a lack of understanding. They just don't know who the Holy Spirit is. What do you think about that? Okay, so pop quiz... Pastor Pops. See what I did there? You like that? I like that. Pop quiz, Pastor Pops. There you go. Hey, you're doing okay today, right? I am. Okay, so this is a great topic to talk about. And so here's your pop quiz, Pastor Pops. Um, Question number one, is the Father God? Yes, He is. The Heavenly Father is certainly God. We read from Genesis all the way to Revelation about the Heavenly Father and His creative work and redemptive work in our lives. So the Heavenly Father is God. A second question on this pop quiz. Let's see, you've got one right so far. I hope you do not fail this test. Number two, is Jesus God? Yes, he is. Absolutely. Jesus is the God-man who came to live the life we could not live, die in our place, and rise from the dead three days later. He is God. Question number three. Okay, you've got two right so far. Let's make sure you get this third one right. Is the Holy Spirit God? Yes, he is. Absolutely. And so we are Trinitarian people, right? We believe that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are three in one, uh, all three equally God, and all three at work in our lives. But yet there's one God, right? So this whole Trinity thing, it's, it's confusing, it's odd in a sense, because uh, it's, it's distinctive from what other religions might teach. But we believe as Christians that there is one God, but that one God is in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Now, what I've found over the course of my ministry is we talk a lot about God the Father and God the Son, but we don't talk quite as much about the Holy Spirit. And I would agree with that, too. Yeah, and I don't know really why that is in our circles, but I can guess that it's because over the years, we've just gotten bad information about the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Maybe we stayed up late at night one night, and we watched some TV preaching, and they did some weird things in the name of the Holy Spirit, and that confused us, and that scared us, and so it caused us not to talk a lot about the Spirit. Uh, maybe we've been a part of churches that just didn't talk a lot about the Spirit of God, and so we just don't know what to do with the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is instrumental in the life of the believer, Correct. That's right, and I was one of those people. We were we were just never taught about the Holy Spirit. It was about Jesus and the Bible and God the Father and all those things, but the Holy Spirit was really not even mentioned. So, 
I was a much older Christian before I understood everything uh, that uh, the Holy Spirit was doing. Which is a shame, right? Because we're studying on Sunday mornings at Northwood the book of Acts, and the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit is all over the book of Acts. We've said before that really the book of Acts is the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And so a couple weeks ago, we looked at this wonderful passage, Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes on the early church and indwells the church and empowers the church for ministry. And from that point on, after Acts 2, you really see the Holy Spirit working in a great way among the lives of his people. So we need to talk about the Holy Spirit. We need to understand how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. So we need to understand first the difference between the indwelling of the Spirit and the filling of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. So what we read in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, is that the Holy Spirit, he seals us, that every one of us who are followers of Jesus, on the day that we gave our lives to Jesus, the Holy Spirit came and lived in us and Mm -hmm. dwelt us, sealed our salvation. So every believer possesses the Holy Spirit, right? Exactly. And I I think one of the things to overcome is understanding that the Holy Spirit doesn't just do one thing. Mm -hmm. I think we're confused with that and just not adding up all that He does for us. And so um, the indwelling is certainly... I think that's where we stop mostly. We we know the Holy Spirit's a part of us, but we don't go beyond that. I agree. We we know as as Christians that the Spirit indwells us, and we're just kind of good with that, right? But there's so much more to what the Holy Spirit does. I mean, He obviously indwells us, and that's that's a wonderful uh, picture that the Scripture paints, that He lives inside of us, but He indwells us and He empowers us. Paul writes about, which we're going to look at this in this podcast, Paul writes about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Is being filled with the Spirit different than being indwelt by the Spirit? I think it is, yeah. I think well, I, I think the Scripture points that out very clearly. Right. So Paul says very clearly in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, that we are to be filled with the Spirit. And that's an ongoing thing. When the Spirit indwells us, we know that He dwells us permanently. Exactly. And so what I want to look at today is... And I've been uh, appreciative of how we've been doing this, kind of giving people some uh, points to help them understand what we're looking at. So if, it, if we could, let's look at three ways to know if we're filled with the Spirit, because we are, if we're believers, we are indwelt. That's not going to change. But the filling can change, couldn't it? I think it can. So then I think it, it begs the question that we definitely need to know, how do we know how we are fi- or that we are filled with the Spirit? Um, the first thing that uh, I th- we can look at is uh, we want to be filled, or the believer wants to be filled. Exactly right. So every believer is indwelt by the Spirit of God. But you can choose as a believer to, as the Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, you can choose to quench the Spirit's work. Mm-hmm. Paul also says in Ephesians 4.30 that you can grieve the Holy Spirit. And so while the Spirit dwells in every single one of us, we can make a choice or not if we're going to cooperate with the work of the Spirit. And so when you're cooperating with the work of the Spirit, you are being filled with the Spirit. That makes sense? Yeah. And, and so grieving and quenching, do you, I've heard the differences. Do you think there's a difference between those two? I mean, I, th- I think Paul's just using different words to explain the same concept, right? That that whenever we do not cooperate with the Spirit's work, we're quenching His work, mm-hmm. right? And we're grieving, in a sense, the heart of God. So you know, Trey, that I've been playing the piano ever since I was five, six years old, and that's been a big part of my life. Uh, you know that that I went to college on a music scholarship, mm-hmm. and before God called me into ministry, that's what I thought I was going to be, was a concert pianist. And so, so music has always been a big part of my life. And now I have two boys. 
Luke, who is, is going to be nine years old in October. Hudson has a birthday this week. He'll be five years old. And, and I really want my boys to have an appreciation and love for music like I do. And I know it's a valuable skill, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That they can do all kinds of things in life. They can play sports. They can take karate lessons, all those things. But if they learn how to play the piano, no one can take that from them. That will be a skill they mm-hmm. have the rest of their lives. And and they are blessed. My boys are blessed because they have me as a piano <laughs> teacher, right? Yeah, that's right. So so Luke doesn't realize it yet, but when he sits down and he works with me at the piano, he's got a father who actually knows what he's doing. He's got a father who's trained for years to be a pianist. He's got a father who, who trained to be a concert pianist. Luke has access, right, to somebody who really knows how to play the piano. And he's got a father who really wants to invest in him and teach him how to play. Mm. But my son, Luke, he is much more interested in going outside, playing ball, or anything other than playing the piano, right? And so when we sit down to play the piano, it's constantly a back and forth. It's constantly, Dad, I don't want to play. I don't want to practice. And I keep telling him, Son, I know you don't believe me now, but I do know what's best for you. And I know that if you don't play the piano right now, there's going to come a day, it might not be tomorrow, it might not be five years from now, but 15 years, 20 years from now, you're going to say, I wish I would have listened to my daddy. I wish I would have heeded his instructions. I wish I'd have sat at the piano and learned how to play. Mm -hmm. So there's something I want very badly for my kids. I want them to know how to play the piano. Luke right now doesn't want to learn. And so in a sense, he's not cooperating Mm -hmm. with the work that I want to do in his life. He is grieving his father. Mm. I know what's best for him. I know that if he puts in the hours and he practices, it will benefit him. Mm. But he's choosing to say, no, dad, I don't want to do that. He's grieving me. And also he's missing out on the blessing of learning how to do something well. And so I think in, in, in the same way, that when we say no to the Father, we're mm. grieving Him and we're missing out on living in His power. Really, if you think about it, that's what being filled with the Spirit is. Being filled with the Spirit is cooperating with what God wants for our lives so that we live in the power of the Spirit. The Spirit indwells every single one of us as believers, but we can choose to live apart from His power. We can choose to live powerless instead of in the power of the Spirit. So cooperating with the Spirit is, is, is putting ourselves in submission to God and saying, God, whatever you want from me, that's what I want. And that's when you begin to experience the power of the Spirit at work in you. Yeah, you know, I think that people will get to the end of their lives, just like you're talking about Luke. Uh, people get to the end of their lives. They're not going to say, boy, I wish I had spent more time uh, messing around and doing nothing. But they will be regrets if they are not willing to choose to cooperate with the Holy Spirit of God. That's exactly right. So I think, again, you know that you're being filled with the Spirit if one, you have that desire. Somebody mm-hmm. who is filled with the Spirit wants to be filled with the Spirit. They know what's best for them is to submit themselves to God and say, God, you have your will done in my life. So you what, want it. Exactly. So what what do you think is happening then? Uh, people are not, as a general rule, I don't see that people are filled with the Spirit. I don't experience that. So what are they doing? They're, you think it's that they're filling themselves with other things, uh, messing around with the... And I don't mean evil things. I just mean stuff, you know? Absolutely. I think that's what we do. The reality is you are going to choose to fill your life with something. You're going to choose to fill your life with career, uh, with your hobbies, with the pursuit of wealth. You're going to choose to fill your life with something. And if you choose to fill your life with things other than the Spirit, you're going to miss out on the power of God. And so really that comes down to asking yourself the question, 
What am I filling myself with? What am I taking the time every day to put in my life? And what am I putting in my life? Is it what really matters? Mm-hmm. Is it the things of God that's going to lead me to be filled with the Spirit so I can live in His power? So it's really making a decision then. I it's mean, making it's, a decision. It's, it's making that choice. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, not only do we have that desire and we want to be filled with the Spirit, I think we also begin to see life from God's perspective as well. What do you think about that? Absolutely. When we are being filled with the Spirit, we begin to see life from God's perspective. Now, I want to look at for a moment, Trey, I want to look at what Ephesians says. So Paul writes this beautiful letter to the church at Ephesus, and he gives them all kinds of instructions as to how they are to live their lives in a way that, that honors Jesus because of the salvation that they have in Christ. And he makes this statement in Ephesians 5, 18, And if you've been around the church much, if you've ever heard a pastor uh, preach from Ephesians, you've heard this passage, and it's kind of an odd passage. He says, do not, Ephesians 5.18, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Mm -hmm. To me, it's always been interesting that Paul says, on the one hand, don't be drunk with wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. He could have said lots of different things, right? He could have said, don't be filled with sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Don't be filled with pursuits of wealth. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. He could have chosen to say all kinds of things, but instead he says, don't be filled with wine. Don't mm-hmm. get drunk with wine. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, you probably know this, Trey, that there is something that happens when you get drunk. Mm. Now, I don't know if you've ever been drunk. Honestly, I have not. I, I came up in a teetotaling home. And, Me too. But I've been around it because when I was in college, um, my first semester in college, I made the decision to join a fraternity. And and not that fraternities are bad, but the fraternity I was in, a lot of the, the guys would go out on the weekends and, and drink. And I thought, man, as long as I don't drink myself and I can go around them, I'll be okay. That's another story for another day. But what I saw during the six months or so I was in the fraternity, I saw guys drink mm-hmm. a lot. And, and there was one guy in particular, I remember very clearly, right, that when he would drink, he would do really dumb things. So he would drink, and then after he got drunk, he would stand in the middle of us guys and would say, okay, look at me, hit me, hit me, punch me, punch me. And we would go around and punch him, and he would say, I can't feel anything. So what would happen was when he got drunk... He would lose inhibitions, mm-hmm. and he would get real bold. Yeah, he would say things that he normally wouldn't say, and he would want things done to him, like being punched in the face that normally he wouldn't want done to him. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, if you've been around people who are drunk, or if you've ever been drunk yourself, you know this: that when you get drunk, you get bold and you lose your inhibitions. You do things that you normally would not do, and the reason why you do things that you normally would not do is because the wine, the beer, the whatever you're drinking, it intoxicates you and it causes you not to think clearly. And so you think that's why he uses not being drunk? I think so, because what the wine does, what the alcohol does, it causes you not to think clearly. You lose your inhibitions. You do things that you normally would not do because you are not thinking clearly. You see life from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And honestly, we know this. This is why a lot of people do drink because they don't want to see clearly for a Mm -hmm. while. They want to forget their troubles. Now, on the flip side, Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. You and I have been around people who are filled with the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And hopefully you and I have lived as people in our lives who are filled with the Spirit. And when you're filled with the Spirit, what happens? You do things you normally would not do. Mm -hmm. You lose inhibitions, right? When you uh, are filled with the Spirit, you are bolder than you normally would be. When you are filled with the Spirit, you speak 
you say things that you normally wouldn't say, right? Mm -hmm. When you're filled with the Spirit, you're willing to speak the truth. You're willing to share the gospel with that person that you've been fearing sharing the gospel with. When you're filled with the Spirit, you become bold and you lose inhibitions. But it's not because you're not thinking clearly. Mm -hmm. You become bold and you lose inhibitions because you are thinking more clearly than you ever, ever have before. Have, yes. Because when you are filled with the Spirit, you are seeing life from God's perspective. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing that all that matters is Him, His kingdom, and His glory. And so I think that when Paul talks about being filled with the Spirit in Ephesians 5, 18, I mean, it's, it's very clear, right? When you're drunk with wine, you're going to do things that, that are bold, you're going to lose your inhibitions, but it's because you're not thinking clearly. On the flip side, when you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to be bold for the kingdom. Mm -hmm. You're going to lose your inhibitions for the kingdom. You're going to step out in faith because you're thinking more clearly than you ever have before. And so I think for for us, how do we know we're filled with the Spirit? We want to be filled, Mm. and we know we're filled with the Spirit because we're finally seeing life from God's perspective, and it causes us to be bold. Well, when the the Spirit fills you, I think, you, as you said, you lose your inhibitions, and I would say almost completely— uh, when I was uh, witnessing one time in, in New York City, uh, had opportunity to stand with a cult, and they were trying to make me bow at their feet and worship them, and I refused to do so, even though I was threatened physically to do it. And but the Spirit, I just experienced the presence of the power of God through the Spirit of God, and I didn't do it. I mean, I just flat wouldn't do it. It didn't matter what they did to me or anything. But that's the, I think that's kind of the idea. This inhibition is completely lost. There was no thought of my own life or my own physical, you know, if I was going to get injured or anything. And I know that's an extreme example. Right, right. But that inhibition, that idea of the inhibition is there, you know, that's gone. Correct. But let's be clear, right? When you drink alcohol and you become drunk, a lot of times when we lose inhibitions, when we're intoxicated, it's it's sinful inhibitions, Mm -hmm. right? So we're not talking that when we're filled with the Spirit, we act sinfully. Mm -hmm. When we're filled with the Spirit, we act according to the Spirit. We act according to the will of God. But we lose inhibition. In other words, like that drunk doesn't care if you punch him in the face as the as we're filled with the Spirit, we don't care what a lost world says to us. Mm-hmm. We're going to live for the kingdom of God because we're filled with His power, you see? And, and that would be very a very clarifying way for each of us to say, am I filled with the Spirit? Am I cooperating with the Spirit? And how is God working through me? That's right. Um, and then I think when that happens, we also are able to see results of being filled with the Spirit. That's exactly right. Now, in, in Ephesians 5, Paul gives us some of the results. He says in Ephesians 5.18, don't get drunk with wine, be filled with the Spirit. Then he says, here's what happens. When you're filled with the Spirit, verse 19, you address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so just simply, Paul wow. says, you know you're filled with the Spirit because you're going to be thankful. Mm-hmm. You're going to be thankful for the work of God in your life. You know you're filled with the Spirit because you're going to be encouraging other people, right? Mm-hmm. That's what he means, I think, when he says addressing one, or, one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual th- songs. I don't think Paul is saying that we're going to walk around like a Disney musical, right? <laughs> but he no. is saying that when you're filled with the Spirit, man, there's going to be this, this singing quality of your life, if you will. You're going to be a person of praise, that singing praise to God and encouraging others. Mm-hmm you're going to be submitting to one another. I mean, Paul talks about this a lot. You think about Ephesians chapter, not Ephesians, Philippians chapter two, where Paul says, have the same mind among yourselves that Christ had, mm-hmm. that, that although he was God, he humbled himself to the point of death. If you're a filled with the spirit, follower of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. you are going to 
consider the needs of others as more significant than, than your own. You're going to humble yourself just like your master did. These are all results of being filled with the Spirit. You think about Galatians chapter 5. We talk about this all the time at our church, that when you're filled with the Spirit, and love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, gentleness, faithfulness, that fruit of the Spirit is going to just overflow in your life. When you're filled with the Spirit, there's going to be some indicators in the way that you live every day. And looking at the book of Acts, when you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to live on mission. We, we said this a couple of Sundays ago when we looked at Acts chapter 2, that when the Spirit comes, He comes to empower believers to live on mission, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Jesus said in John chapter 16 that when the Spirit of God comes, he will exalt the Son. He will point people to the Son. And that's what the Spirit does. He, he, he empowers us to live our lives on mission, to make the name of Jesus Christ known. So if you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to see results. You're mm-hmm. going to see results in the way you live. You're going to see yourself growing in the fruit of the Spirit. You're going to see yourself submitting to other people, putting the needs of others above your own. You're going to see yourself living on mission. That's right. I think the idea of living on mission, when, when, the, when the book of Acts talks about... Uh, once we were filled with the Spirit, or when they were filled with the Spirit, they spoke the Word of God boldly. Mm. It wasn't the weird stuff. You know, right. we think of being filled with the Spirit a lot of times. Oh, they're doing weird things. But it's about telling the Word of, speaking forth the Word of God in our lives, with our lives, our words, and other things. So that is um, a great opportunity to do that as you're filled with the Spirit. That's exactly right. So let's think about it again. How do you know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit? One, you want to be filled. You desire the Spirit of God to Mm -hmm. fill you so you might live in His power. Every believer is indwelt by the Spirit. Every believer possesses the Spirit. Mm -hmm. But you're filled with the Spirit when you desire that, when you cooperate with the work of God and say, God, I'm putting myself in submission to you, to your word, so I might live in your power. Being filled with the Spirit is living in the power of God and you want it, right? You're filled with the Spirit when you see life from God's perspective. You see that He is the sovereign King, the Lord of all creation. You see that His will is good and perfect, and you want to live for that. And because you want to live for that, you live boldly. You lose inhibitions. You don't mm-hmm. care what the world thinks about you anymore. You just want to please your King. That's being filled with the Spirit, right? You want to be filled. You see life from God's perspective, and it affects the way you live, and you see results of being filled with the Spirit. You see the fruit of the Spirit overflowing in your life. You see yourself living joyfully and thankfully and and putting the needs of others above your own. And you see yourself living on mission. That's how you know you're filled with the Spirit. And we can, you know, obviously have misconceptions about the Spirit. And and we can watch late-night TV preachers, and they can confuse us. But I think when we look at Scripture, we see that being filled with the Spirit is simply living in the power of God to accomplish the mission of God. I think that's exactly right. Well, Pastor Tommy, thank you so much for sharing about uh, being filled with the Spirit. A huge opportunity for us to now live that out. Um, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to close us out and uh, invite people to... uh, come participate at, at, uh, not only at our church, but also on the podcast. Yeah, we sure hope this is helpful for you, and we sure hope that as we are uh, taking time to be with you each and every week, that you are being encouraged in your faith. And if you like what you hear, we want to encourage you again to subscribe to this podcast, and also leave us a review. Reviews are really helpful because when people go to uh, their podcast app and they start searching for podcasts, those 
podcasts that have lots of reviews are the ones that show up in the searches. So the more reviews you leave, the more helpful it is for us to get the word out. And we do want to get the word out about what God is doing in the life of Northwood, but also through this podcast. So leave us a review and pass this on to somebody else. And we hope, again, this has been helpful for you. And we hope that this is helping you to connect faith to life.